What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Beckbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast. And as you can probably hear, I'm a bit nasally, I'm a bit bunged up, but uh, it's all good. I've been away for the weekend. I was on fucking tour. It felt so good to be back on tour. Uh, thank you to the guys on Punch On and Shorthands for having me. Uh, just a little weekend run. Did Bristol, Norwich and Southampton. All the shows were absolutely ramoed. Um, and yeah, it was just a really nice time. Really cool vibes. Really chill. Um, but God, it made me miss fucking touring, even though it was just three days. So... I'm already on the lookout for more stuff to come in the future. So if you know of anybody that needs a TM, a driver, merch guy, photographer, send them the Justin Insight podcast way. Give them a give me give me give me a shout. Help a brother out and all that shit. But yeah, as a consequence, I seem to have developed a cold. So apologies if you can hear my disgusting bunged up voice. Um, but apart from that. Not a whole lot else to report in the world. I did go to another gig last week. I went and saw Cruelty uh, play The Exchange Basement, but the main reason I went to go see them was a uh, former guest and good friend of the show, uh, Ethan Barry, his band No Relief were playing. They fucking killed it. BM1 represent. Um, so, yeah, it's just good to be back on that flow of shows again. I've got uh, two coming up this week, going to be see- seeing churchgoers, uh, tomorrow as, as this comes out and then the forever awesome stiff meds are playing in bristol on saturday as well so we're we're back rocking and rolling in 2023 so here we go here we go again i said i wasn't going to spend as much money this year but who the fuck am i kidding also in other great news well great news for me anyway accommodation for outbreak fest is sorted so people who are attending outbreak this year i will see you there the lineup is already looking fucking amazing and i cannot wait to see what the rest of that lineup is going to be it's going to be just a complete pals fest so yeah really really looking forward to that anyway should we get on to our guest uh this week i am joined by the drummer of melodic hardcore band hell can wait jordan bain jordan was kind enough to take some time out of his evening and have a little chat with me to talk about the the current revival of melodic hardcore that's happening in the in the uk at the moment uh where they kind of see themselves in that how they kind of like found a new sort of niche within the uk hardcore scene and how they kind of want to keep that separate as much as they there is that sort of unity of of stuff going on in the uk at the moment how can wait want to sort of carve their own path they want to be the shining light of melodic hardcore again in the uk um from bands that we used to have like uh landscapes more than life the cold harbor that sort of thing they want to bring in that new wave and and they want to be at the forefront of that which is really really amicable amicable admirable um we also talk about jordan's sort of starting drumming um how he comes like his first proper band was like a tech death band and how he's sort of obviously now transitioned into what he's doing in hell can wait and obviously so much more in between so, as always, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Jordan, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, mate. Hello. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, really well. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Really, really appreciate it. 
No, thanks so much for inviting us. It's um pleasure to be doing something so nice and relaxed. And I had a little listen earlier to some of the stuff you've done before, and it seems like more than a pleasure to be <laughs> a part. Well, thank you for those those kind words. Um I'm gonna go go straight into it. Obviously, I think tail end of last year you guys obviously did the the, the tour with lost hounds and stuff obviously carrying that momentum into to this year just did the reality unfolds uh pre-show and obviously you've got the tour with um without love coming later on this year so i don't know have the last couple of months for you guys just been like literally like go 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 sort of thing or is that how you guys like to be do you like to constantly be active yeah, I think that's kind of the mentality we generally have tried to approach with this band as a whole, because we've done many bands ourselves as a group, different bands, and it's been slow pace. Mm -hmm. And I, th I feel like the key these days we found is consistency. And if we're just trying to smash it out and in a sense select what we feel is best for us, you know, deserving but humbling, at the same time yeah to keep that momentum going but in the right direction at the same time mm. so yeah it's been relentless but honestly we're we're either playing shows or we're doing something we're just trying to keep that momentum as high as possible yeah. at all times um and how was uh reality unfolds like i know it's quite like a new sort of thing in london but i saw some some photos and stuff and it seemed like it was a pretty pretty decent little sort of like weekender sort of stuff Hey, it was really good. Well, we got invited kind of last minute to do a bit of a warm-up section there. We headlined it for the evening and it was just, you know, it was anyone who had a ticket already could come down, any locals at all that were going for the weekend. So it was great that we got that opportunity. But the show itself was just killer. Some real good mix of bands as well, which I love to see at this time because I feel like it can get a bit stagnant myself with just kind of, you know, same band after same band after same yeah. band it can get drained right but um it was good to see such a great mix of good new fresh heavy bands and especially just being able to hang out with some great like-minded people yeah. as always well i, I want to kind of get into the whole sort of like mixture of bands that we kind of have here in the uk like later on down the line but how i kind of always like to sort of kick this off and sort of get things rolling properly is to ask my guests what their sort of uh into alternative music was so what was your kind of introducing introduction introduction even to alternative music so for, for me personally god heavy music goes way back to when i was young and my my mother used to always be listening to like i don't know death leopard right. and on jovi and Aerosmith, kind of the harder rock stuff. With let's say that's baseline entry, we we will get to the right places. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and from there, I think I just took an interest into more heavier side of music. Started playing guitar when I was younger. Uh, funny enough, I turned around and said, "No, I don't like that. I'll play drums instead." Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I, my progression just came standard from I like guitarists. I want to hear something heavier and something heavier. And I think I went kind of up that early 2000s metalcore stream into a bit of a 2010s deathcore stream and then a bit of a mid 2010s hardcore stream you know I think I just kind of gatewayed entirely to finding more what I like something more aggressive mm. and 
always people around me influencing me. And, you know, it's like you've got so many people telling you about new things here and there. I just think the progression so natural in my case. Yeah. So kind of like from there, as you say, like if you're if your mum's kind of like listening to the, I guess like the the gateway bands, as you say, like like the, your Def Leppards and, and things like that. Like, were you, I don't know, were you actively kind of seeking music or was it something that like, as you say, like people were like, oh, you like this band, so you might like X, Y and Z band sort of thing? Hmm, I, I guess, I gather it's a mix of both. I think my mum was a bit of a CD head as well mm. and had so many lying about that would always get played in the car. We travelled about a lot here, there and everywhere, so I wouldn't be shy to hearing something new and you know i guess it world of music when you're younger isn't as accessible mm. so you kind of give them what you're given on a plate <laughs> yeah. but you know uh, you know as things came up and you know you were able to download music and pop it on whatever device you wanted then you know it started to get a bit more like digging the back ends of youtube and trying to find you know something new and tell someone else i think it was more of a game of word of mouth where you wanted to find the coolest new thing and all, all yeah, this yeah. and say you haven't heard this you got to hear this so you know uh, same sort of progression there you know I think it just went with the age and the times as well yeah so what would you kind of say were like I guess the first kind of bands that like you actually gravitated towards and were like kind of like quote-unquote your bands sort of thing gosh um oh I, I feel I went through many bands per se but I think the real one that sparked me as a teen was a uh, bullet for my valentine right. now like I, I went through a I don't know a super over obsessive phase and you know I had the guitar I had the t-shirts I had all the posters I had every little cut out mm. rip out and I think for that me for a turning point of hearing something like that and that was definitely blew my mind beyond anything at that time but also opened a massive wormhole into many bands who want to melodically riff to the end of the earth you know so great you know it was a great great open door but they definitely were that band kind of blew my mind and I decided I had to learn everything on the guitar I had to learn it all on the drums and I just had to you know be the master of that band yeah yeah they could pull me on tour tomorrow if they asked (laughs) 13-year-old me was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so I guess, like, from there, obviously, like, as you said, it kind of, like, opened up, like, the the sort of, like, wormhole sort of thing. But I guess, like, in the the grander scheme of things, like, Bullet are still a kind of a... Not mainstream, but they're, like, a, 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 a known name, I guess, within sort of alternative music. So when when did you kind of start to discover like the more like underground sort of bands and um, what sort of like stuff were you like reaching for at that point? Um, gosh, well, I, I feel Bullet have always yeah they are they always have kind of been mainstream. They came in kind of quite well at the mm. top. I would say they boomed you know super early into their career. I think before. They were called something like Jeff Killed John, and that just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. And then they flew and then they just went on a super boom. I'm sure there was some masterwork behind that, but I think with with coming into finding the underground bands that may, maybe led off of that, I, 
it's, you, you know, it's it's hard for me to even pick out those bands mm. these days. I, I think, uh, as I said, it, as a wormhole, I think this was always a deep wormhole for me where it would just be playing and I'd be absolutely reveling. I might have favoured something here and there, but I think that those kind of libraries to me, unfortunately, are so lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just the entire time I, I've, I've listened, I guess, to so much since. And, you know, even the other night I, I was um, going through Spotify just trying to find some random shit and then, yeah, all of a sudden I find the band from... I think 2006, and they only did one album, yeah. and they disappeared. And I was sitting there going, you know, like this is just insane. Like, what? Where was this? What? What was this? And I think those ones are really like they they irk me the most. You know, yeah. to think like oh, that could have been really something because it definitely was could have been top of its time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think like it sounds like we're quite similar that. Uh, so especially like in my years at uni this is like the the era of like downloading like media fire files and and stuff like that i was just like sure. constantly like i didn't care like who it was or whatever i just wanted like that consumption of of like the music sort of thing mm. and like obviously there's like certain bands that will like stick with you and and things like that but i, I can't remember who it was now Somebody like mentioned, I think it was oh um, like oh that was it like Drop Dead Gorgeous. I was like Jesus, that's a band I haven't heard in ages. And then I just ended up going back down like that wormhole of that like whole sort of like scene core death core sort of stuff, just like rediscovering stuff from my teens. I was like Jesus Christ, I've I've forgotten about all of these bands sort of thing. Just like unlocks a bit of your brain. Yeah, it's great. It really is. I think to visit those memories, uh, um, something that I think we all kind of relearn to cherish once again. Mm. And I think you go through a stage of your life where maybe it's not as cool to be listening to those bands still. You know, so there's a bit of progression from whenever they were big to whatever's cooler and newer at some point. And then all of a sudden it's not cool to listen to the old bands. But I think then that weird sort of recycle happens and everyone's like, oh, whatever i don't think anyone really cares that much yeah, anymore, yeah. so i'm gonna revisit them and you know i i think a lot of people are doing more of that now and being a bit more open with their music taste again and saying you know like i love this shit and i don't really care if you do or not and i i, I really revel in that at the moment. yeah yeah definitely i 100 agree with that um so you you already mentioned obviously your first kind of instrument was was playing guitar and obviously i, I guess in theory that kind of makes sense as you say like if you're being introduced to to hard rock by by your mum and you're kind of going on that journey anyway that that's always going to be the thing that you were drawn to but what I want to ask is is like your family in in general is it quite musical or were you sort of like the first person to kind of pick up an instrument? Uh, Yeah my mum was musical for sure she did I mean she did violin and piano and more classical recitals. She did lots when she was younger, mm. solo pieces, whatever there. But um, it was always just kind of about, I think my great grandmother used to sing on the radio and I guess family just generally like into music. Mm. 
I think my grandma's pretty into rock and roll. I think that kind of whole rocky side of the world instead of the dancey side of the world has always been more in the family mm. musically anyway. And I think for me, going on from my mum there, I think, I, I, I guess I just probably wanted to give something a go. Yeah. Why not? And I think guitar was the thing I saw was the cool flashy thing that was you know the it's the rock star look isn't it when you're <laughs> yeah. you know big front man doing this solo like that's the coolest thing happening and you know um then from there going on to say playing drums I, I just I guess I started to think that was cooler <laughs> I, I, I think sometimes that kind of just it just draws you to do things right I, I, I guess if you find something interesting and you think you know oh I wish I could do that then maybe there's a spark to it and you give it a go and I think that just kind of led me from one to the other but I still do both hmm. in harmony at time and I guess it helps a lot with nowadays and writing yeah and kind of understanding the other musicians in the bands and such well, that that was going to be my my next question. Like, do you? I guess you still dabble with with guitar a little bit then, but I guess drums is your quote unquote main instrument. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Drum drums is of course main instrument, but the guitar is just fantastic for opportunities of writing, communicating, mm. and the way we work. Um, we all actually live quite separate from each other, so I'm down in Brighton, one of us is in Chichester, another one's up by the Gatwick there. Um, and we all have to liaison a lot by sending each other stuff mm. and um, just kind of collaborating generally. So the fact me being able to pick up the guitar and actually give something a go that is of reasonable enough to our guitarists to maybe adapt and, and do something better with, you know, it, it's very handy. In the long run, it's definitely helped me out, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so then from there, the other th aspect of, like, some like people's, like, musical journeys I find really interesting is their kind of introduction to, to the live side of it sort of thing. So what was kind of, like, the fair... Maybe not necessarily the first gig, but the gig that was kind of, like, most sort of, like, prominent for you in terms of, like oh, this is something that like I want to do sort of thing. Well, okay. Um, oh. It's tough. I've got a few running through <laughs> my mind. Uh, more, but more like turning points of like maybe wanting to take things more seriously. Yeah. But um, I remember, I think it was a, it was a really good lineup. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think what the year must have been, maybe 2011, and it was uh, Dead West Prada, Parkway Drive, Architects, and Bring Me Horizon. Right, that, and that is a banging lineup for that time as well. Yeah, and it was just, you know, everyone was stacked in their entire own right. The music was all just fantastic, and seeing these bands at their own professional level, and they all were kind of in their own sector, hmm. as it was, even they all kind of these metalcore phenomenon bands, they still, you know, drove their own subgenre in their own right, if you ask me. But um yeah, I think seeing that night was definitely a huge point of me going, you know, maybe I do wanna be in like a serious band and start 
trying to do something and working it out a bit more instead of just kind of playing in my bedroom and <laughs> yeah. playing with friends, you know. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I'd always played in kind of fun bands throughout, you know, early school years and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, it's it's those kind of gigs that you went to around education that made it so worth being around those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, I, I think that was definitely one of the pinnacle gigs for mm. me, for sure. And then, so you mentioned, obviously, you're in Brighton at the moment. Did you grow up in Brighton? Uh, no, I grew up in Norwich. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, and then probably, I think, I think I was about nine or ten, and I moved down to Worthing, right. which is just next door to Brighton. Um, and then when I moved to Brighton, started university here, and, you know, Sailor V, yeah. I'm still here, <laughs> and kind of rocking the weird and wacky yet wonderful city yeah. of Brighton. But, you know, it's, it's hard to want to go anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's just one of those kind of places that uh, it, it's, it is what it is, <laughs> and I don't think anyway is quite comparable. So yeah, yeah. You step outside and you think, mm, I kind of like Brighton. It's, it's quite comfortable here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Room. You know, it's, it's good fun. Have you visited yourself? Uh, so I used to live in Portsmouth. That's that's where I grew up and lived for a very yeah. long time. Um, nothing ever happens in Portsmouth. So it was <laughs> either drive to Southampton the one way or drive to Br- uh, Brighton the other way. So I've spent a lot of time in Brighton. Nice, nice. So, yeah. But the, the reason I ask is because obviously an, another thing that I always find interesting is people's kind of like um experiences of their their local scenes and stuff sort of growing up and, and things like that so as you said like that that kind of parkway drive architects bring me show was a big sort of one pivotally but were, were you attending smaller shows when you were younger or was that something that kind of came along a bit later on in life i uh, no, we definitely were attending shows when we were younger there's um, a fantastic bar in worthing called bar 42 and that was a massive hub for alternative shows for years and years. And unfortunately, it shut down maybe a year ago, which is very sad. I think just the landlord wanted to move on to a new business. But, you know, we, we can still remember it. And I think the shows that were being put on there were just displaying some incredible bands at the time. Brighton was definitely more lively um, as well. Uh, I I think if I was to kind of continue on that note, it would be more the fact that it definitely was way better live music-wise than it is today, mm. uh, unfortunately. But I think there's definitely a bit more of a kick of resurgence at the minute, which is really great to see. But, yeah, the live scene was always good when I was, you know, in my teenage years. Yeah. But... It, it, it's coming back to what it used to be hmm. as well <laughs> yeah and i think that's the thing like i think cities will always kind of have those sort of like ebbs and flows but i think i think for me personally like brighton's always been a place where there's there's always been at least something going on sort of thing it may not have had like the like greatest like local scene but there was always kind of like 
that it would always be a spot that like touring bands would come through and it would give like the opportunity for for local bands to potentially open up for those bands and, and things like that so i don't, don't know did you get to sort of like we were you kind of like at those like i guess smaller like diy like metalcore shows and things when touring bands were coming through as well yeah yeah man definitely saw quite a few shows in brighton with some great bands passing through you know um i, I remember seeing like good have heart show oh, good fun those back in the day heights and stuff like that um i'm pretty sure a mule passed through a couple of times which was always a fun one back then and they've always had some great local openers i remember bands such as like there's a really good one called preserver mm. and they, they i'm sure they don't exist anymore but you know it was the classic kind of really nice sort of uh north lane style gently stuff and it yeah. was great to see that kind of mix on the the bill around the time um uh, then you did have the smaller shows that played in venues like the hydrant um the engine room audio all places like that which were fantastic venues some of them still running some not but um i, I used to play in a deathcore band myself yeah called a night a night in the abyss and um we used to play tons of local shows that were fantastic fun. But as I say, I just think Brighton's just going a little bit hazy off the map at the minute. Not so many big tours are coming here and they're kind of getting detracted from London. Mm. But I think it's a lot of people working locally to really help reinstill that and research the whole live music scene as a whole because I think it really could do with it at the minute. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I, I like, I've got like friends that still live in Brighton and stuff, and they're saying a similar thing that it's definitely like on the up, which is always really positive to see. Um, so then, if we kind of get into like your actual like musical journey, so as you said, obviously you've you've started off on guitar, moved over to to drums, but in terms of you like actually like playing like in bands and things. Like, what would you kind of consider, like, your first, like, proper, like, band that you were part of? Oh, that's got to be A, a Night in the Abyss. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I did that for a good few years, maybe four, four years, maybe five. It's hard, it's hard to tell off the top of my head. This, <laughs> this but, um, but that was a really good journey of mine i think that was definitely the first serious one you know we played some great shows um with you know we played with ingested which was fantastic um played with acrania which later i had the opportunity to play for as well and you know it's kind of those things were really great stepping stones mm. in my career and really great fun times to write just like well, it was technical deathcore it was just whatever goes and whatever little pattern you want to throw in yeah. there and you know you're going to change to this bpm and we're going to start doing some ridiculous modulation here for a laugh you know it's just uh it was a great period and i think that was definitely one of my favorite parts of being a musician mm. was just having to write some real fun crazy stuff but over the course of it i would say i got kind of bored of playing with so much intensity and focus mm. and intent 
I was just like, I, I feel I had to ask myself, like, am I having fun with this yeah, anymore? Yeah. Um, and I, I was having fun writing, but playing, you know, I just didn't feel any kind of like I was playing a gig. I was having fun and interacting with the crowd. I didn't feel like I was doing anything apart from being in this just zone, mm. of, you know, blasting here and flying over there and doing this and that and it, it you know i i really had to ask myself truly is is this fun and yeah i i had to cack it but i think i more faded from it and just decided that it wasn't for me anymore yeah. mutually with them and yeah you know I, I think anything you lose passion with you, you slowly fade from it just naturally mm. as it is but you know important venture in my life crazy thing but yeah i think i needed to move on to something a little bit more fun and a bit more meaningful and you know i, I think where i stand at the minute i'm very happy with yeah and i think like that's that again that was kind of going to be my my sort of next question because like that whole sort of like death core technical death cause of genre is like impressive as it is like musically and i like I'm going to caveat this by saying I am by no means a musician, but like, sure. but obviously like listening to that, like for what I listen to when I listen to that style of music is the drums and the vocals. They're the two things that, that pull me in. So like sure. for, for me personally to really like something, the drums have got to be like insanely tight and they've got to be like, as you say, like ridiculous and all this. So I, and I don't know, like, because I think, like, nowadays you're seeing, like, bands pushing that further and further and further. Was there an element of that, of, like, that you were just like, oh, I don't really want to push myself any further, like, because I'm, I don't want to say you were bored of it, but, like, you'd, as you said, you'd kind of lost that passion for it. Yeah, I, I think generally as well, the... um as you said there, I think there's a huge skill curve with it as well. And I, I feel to be that kind of drummer to me was not what I wanted to be out of, get out of drumming mm. as well. And um, I, I just felt like I, I couldn't keep up in a sense and I didn't want to keep up either. And I wanted to focus on different elements of how I was playing. And I didn't want to be focusing on, you know, finger techniques over the moon just so I can play, you know, a, a set tempo of blast beats. It just, it, you know, the, it's fantastic that people can do that. But to me, it doesn't entertain me <laughs> and what I want to achieve, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, so, um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a funny one, to be honest. Yeah. So, but as, as you mentioned, obviously, that was like a, a good chunk of, of your sort of like musical career, like four or five years sort of thing. So during that time, like what I'm guessing obviously did tours and, and things like that. But what were you kind of like, I guess, most sort of proud of sort of thing? And also, like, what kind of did you take from that band that's kind of maybe put you instead for what was to come next? Sure. Um, I think I think. One of the main things uh, I learned from that band as a whole was what not to do. Right, okay. And um, yeah, I, I guess like 
the only thing you know we can take from everything we do is what not to do and what we can do better and i think a lot of that band being my first band and it, the progression was not as speedy as i'd like it to have been at all you know i think we could have done much better at the time mm. as a unit everyone you know could have took, taken it more seriously including myself you know it's it's not like i'm trying to bad bash them at all it's not nowhere near like that but you know i, I feel you when you are a bit younger sometimes you feel like things are just gonna happen yeah and i, I think one of the biggest things to say learned from that was that learning that you know i really have to grab it and grasp it cusp it by the balls and yeah yank it forward you know <laughs> yeah. because uh, you know sitting and waiting for luck to happen is just a ludicrous thing to think yeah yeah you know yeah. And, and i think like that time you know as I said, too slow, too meticulous, and it just didn't give me what I need. I think the drive, you know, gives you passion, and the passion gives you drive. Mm. And you know, I, I think I needed to stick my neck into something really deep and go, you know, I want this, you know, I want the end result and everything that comes with it and the journey up to it. Instead of just going, well, we've made some cool stuff, so hopefully something might happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're getting what I'm saying, but and like I guess, cause, as you say, like there was that sort of element to it, sort of thing. But I don't know, like as you say, because you've you'd been a band for that like a, a substantial amount of time. Was there ever like conversations, like during that time of like, okay, like shall we put like 110 percent into this and push it as far as we can go, or was it everybody in the band just a bit more sort of like, oh, this is a cool thing. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a mixture of it. I, I think everyone was just generally quite laid back, but more laid back than I think we knew we needed to be. Right. I, I think it's also a bit of a, a know-how and knowledge factor of things. I think... We expected to put things out and people would just, you know, automatically watch it on YouTube mm. and someone would go, well, that's cool. I'll book for that band. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know it's easy to see on the surface level, but then you need to know, I guess, as you go along and work out how each person actually works on their level and understand them. And, you know, I, we did have chats about, putting more effort in I'm sure but it, in, in turn it takes you know only I'd say two people three people out of however many in a band for it to really rock doesn't need five people yeah. at the helm or it uh, becomes a but you know I, I think our passion lied a lot within the music and not a lot within the press yeah, yeah. side of things or doing too much but regardless some things did you know pleasingly well naturally so maybe that was a bit more of a false indication of how hard we had to work yeah who, who knows but um now now you know they're really excelling and i think they've all 
you know, grown up as I have and um, learned a lot more along the way and they're really progressing and I, I feel like I'm progressing. Mm. So, you know, happy days. It may be, they may have been about for, I think, like, I guess nine years now, but it, it's, it's good yeah. because they're doing what they love and they're getting a result from it. That's cool. So I can't complain that it took <laughs> yeah. so much time because it's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so then obviously like once you made that decision to to leave like talk me through the the steps then so what were there other uh, sorry start that again were there other bands before Hell Can Wait or was it just break period and then Hell Can Wait um it's a bit of a blur to be honest um I, I, I was kind of finishing uni right. around in between those times um i'm sure i did a few musical projects in between a few little things here and there but i think it's a bit more of a downtime i was focusing more on a uh sort yourself out get a job <laughs> yeah sort of uh, hype um you know finishing university with a music degree is not exactly gonna and heads let's say <laughs> yeah. you know that's okay you know if, if you're not if you're not going to take that in from the day you say you're going to be a musician then you know quit now because you got to be ready for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah yeah uh yeah up until the hell can wait it was only really small music endeavors with friends and you know like like hard writing with other people mm. i did a a pop band for a little while um that was great fun. I thought, hey, maybe now I'm finished uni and I'm no longer playing in a deathcore band. I can go write some pop music with some people. Um, that was a fun time. Yeah. But you know, um, that's, a, that's a big shot of a world mm. to get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, the indie pop game is just it's so, so huge. It will swallow you up. To the end of the earth there's so many people fighting for it as well yeah. it's not just to know it's it's not as streamlined as anything really that's that's a lot more of a lucky game yeah and yeah definitely definitely proved a tough period of learning but it was another small curve in my life that definitely learned more about interacting with people and um Kind of, I learned a lot more about networking in that time, and you know, so you really had to talk to people and get to know the next person. So this person told me to talk to you, and it is a, it's just a weird time, but it taught me a lot in that sense and how hard you have to push to really get someone to notice you for a moment. Yeah, moment, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I guess like even though what you're doing at the with Hell Can Wait is obviously a lot more like DIY hardcore stuff. I guess, as you say, like that networking kind of quote unquote experience comes in handy, especially like for a newer band who like will get onto the formation and stuff in a moment. But obviously that came like out of lockdown with like basically being like, hi, we're a shiny new thing. Like it's, you've still got to like create that like, the the social media buzz and and so on and so forth so uh, yeah did that kind of come in handy when you were like 
right, this is how we're going to sort of, I don't, I don't want to say brand how can wait, but like in terms of like how you wanted to push it and kind of getting gigs and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. It laid down um, a huge foundation in terms of, you know, the, the preparation and assets behind what what's kind of necessary to get things off the ground. Mm. Um, we, you know, it's many Excel spreadsheets and many Word documents are all being shared about. It's not just a game of talking to each other and hoping one of you remembers it, you <laughs> yeah. know. There's got to be strategy and there's got to be plans, as with anything, you know, uh, these days, especially your band is your business yeah. more than you tr truly know, <laughs> you know. Um, but it definitely set a lot of foundations with me going forward with the start of Hell Can Wait. Um, and, you know, especially other band members as well um, have all done their fair share of shows with bands with different people. Um, vocalist Luke comes from a more of a booking promotion background as well. So he's very clued up and knowledgeable about that side of things. In, uh, and obviously that comes with knowing people and being able to talk to people and really kind of, you know, I guess prod yourself sharply into the scene mm. as fast as possible. Um, you know, uh, this, this rap race moves very fast. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's the only way to capture is just keep talking mm. and definitely something we've learned quick, be nice, be fast. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, just do everything you can. Yeah. So then if we kind of get on to the formation, obviously, like, you guys were... Did, so did you actually officially form, like, during lockdown? Oh, uh, yes, yes, we did. So I'm guessing yeah. there was obviously, like, interim conversations before that. So how did the, the five of you come to me? And, and what were those, like, initial conversations before you sort of, like, came together as a band? Sure. So um, I'll let you in on a secret. I'm not an original member. Right. Okay. Um, the it's I can I can tell stories. Yeah. No, that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. fine. I, I, I've been informed about these things, so don't worry. But um, so originally it was um, a few friends, um, one current member and two ex-members. The current member being Luke, and these two ex-members. I think they kind of all bound together and just said hey do you want to write some straight up honest melodic hardcore yeah. um you know pure kind of passion projects as such everyone's bored as shit trying to get on with their dreary lives during lockdown you know nothing's you know what a better time to write about being sad yeah yeah so um you know with, with a sprinkle of hope we'll never forget that part but, you know, and from there, I feel like it just kind of flourished out. They wrote uh, EP, um, Love, Loss, Hope, Fear, and from there, approached Gannett Records, which, you know, as I say, you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And they loved it. Old school guys, been doing it for 30 years now. Um, Gave the opportunity just to push it out with them a bit. And in I came, 
swept it up and then oh, let's think gosh it's a bit it's, it's fast yeah but it changes right um so i i I'm just trying to think when i came in so I'll, I'll maybe i'll go back for you a bit and give you a bit more of a timeline so we don't get too lost <laughs> yeah. um so let's think the pandemic sort of tailing off i think 2020 to 2021 sort of time that's kind of when it was all in the works right yeah very small such uh, put a tape out um about say i want to say i joined late 21 yeah yeah i joined late 21 I think about in the summertime and this is when the restrictions were just starting to be lifted yeah. and everything. So I kind of jumped in when real things were happening. I didn't think yeah. I'd rehearsed or done anything at all there. And, um, then I bound together and I think another guitarist, DJ, whose current guitarist came in. Everything's locked in. We're a five-piece rock on, get this EP out and shredded. And then we part ways with one of our older guitarists who let in Leon, our latest guitarist, who is our vocalist brother. That was probably about early 2022. And from there, we've been a solid unit up until today. That's cool. So that's my member formation up until now. So, correct me if I'm wrong in, this in the timeline. So... The first, the EP was the EP out before you joined. Uh, the EP was half out before I joined. Okay, so, but it was like written and recorded and and stuff. It was written yeah. and recorded, yeah. So I guess like so, like from for for you then, obviously, like was it a case of they kind of showed you that what they were kind of already working on and you were like, Oh, this seems like a, a really cool opportunity. Or like, how did you kind of like, how did you know those guys before you kind of joined? Okay. So, um, the, all the guys I knew were just from the local scene mm. and, uh, we've all been going to shows for years, you know, I'd say you could probably pick out a group of, 40 to 50 people who you'd see at every single show and every kind of alternative event, you know, there weren't exactly, you know, emo nights going on at major clubs, yeah. uh, you know, it'd just be the same place, same time every weekend or hanging out in parks. I don't know whatever the jam was back in the time, but um, yeah, I, I think everyone just kind of knows everyone and everyone knows the bands they've been in and what they play and i think how we kind of got in contact was simply through a message from our ex-guitarist saying hey jordan you want to play in a hardcore band and i said yeah all right <laughs> sounds good and over you know it's um it's no love story but uh it's definitely I'm sure how most bands are formed, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That's that's um, yeah, that's my character arc and how my story <laughs> begins. I get a simple message and off we go. Yeah. But it, 
from them, I, I guess we just gelled and we've already known each other for a long time. And just, I guess, when you get the feeling and it's a good idea and you're all enjoying the music, then it comes unstoppable as such, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and for you, obviously, like, it's just it's like, so going from playing like the, like the Deathcore stuff that is like very like technically driven, there's obviously lots of blast beats, it's very fast and things like that. And then obviously, as you say, kind of playing the like the pop stuff, which is like a bit more kind of like rhythmic and sort of, I guess, not as sort of like technical, technical, uh, but there's obviously elements to that. To now playing in a in a hardcore band, which some of the beat, and I mean this endearing because I fucking love hardcore, but it can be very simply like drumming and things like that. Did you find that like, a challenge to go into or is it something that you were like ready and raring to to give your best at hmm. uh, i i feel that definitely where i sit at the minute i love what i'm doing yeah. for the sense that i feel like i can take what i've learned from the death Chord days and having fun and throwing in whatever you, you fancy and making it sure it's a slight bit flashy and touchy to then going down to the pop stuff where it's very reserved and you really don't want to be doing that over the top flash. You know, you're not a main instrument anymore. You're just a backing instrument mm. in most cases anyway. But um, I feel they both taught me both, you know, each side of the coin as such. And then jumping into the hardcore, I feel like I've, kind of disregarded hardcore as being simple drumming and said, you know what, screw that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be like cocky, you know, mad kind of, hey, look, I'm just shredding constantly and, you know, kind of mathing out and thinking you're absolutely whack and, you know, you, you, you know, the kind of drums that are fantastic to see, but I just, don't think you can feel a lot and resonate with it. Yeah. I think hardcore has a lot to feel and kind of especially the way people dance to it, especially comes from how they feel and want their bodies to kind of act towards that. So, you know, the two steps come and the kind of the heavier sections come and people want to either bounce for it or they want to throw down or they want to, you know, love and chant and might grab and whatever, but those come from a certain feel i think as a drummer myself i have a responsibility to create that and i'm sick of just standards you know <laughs> yeah. hardcore drumming i think it's it's boring man i, I you know I, and i wouldn't say a drummer's boring for going for it but you know i think something more can be done at this point mm. we could at least try and have a bit of fun with it you know and be a little bit unreserved and be you know flashy but we don't have to go absolutely wild all the time and I think that's where I'm really enjoying that balance and mix a bit of you know the zen of drumming I feel like I'm in a nice niche and that I'm enjoying it yeah, yeah. overall um and then obviously love lost hope fear comes out and I think like this might just be how I've perceived it but it got quite a lot of people that i know specifically like who have always been into hardcore like excited because it was a uk band that was doing music that we grew up on and it was like it's quite 
funny because obviously I asked you about influences and stuff before this chat, and obviously you've included bands like More Than Life and The Carrier and stuff like that, which is like stuff I I fucking loved growing up, and like yeah. even like it, to me, there's a bit a bit of like Go It Alone and and stuff like that in there. So I don't know, like, obviously, I know you said you kind of joined it sort of as that was sort of written and, and recorded, but obviously you're the one that's playing it live and, and things like that. So I don't know, do, once you were kind of out there doing the, like the live shows when it when they were back, did you see like people kind of have that like, oh, this is something that's been missing from UK hardcore, like this, that melodic sound, like, did you feel that straight off the bat? Uh, yeah, I, I genuinely think you hit the nail on the head there. That's um, kind of, I, I think, what we really encompass ourselves around. Mm. And the minute I joined, I felt that same vibe. Like, um, you know, that there's nothing more comparable to the shows that you see of, say, more than life and such. And you no know, US, you know, have heart and these massive crazy shows that you know you just can't see anymore and i feel yeah. like we wanted to get that niche and bring back something that we loved being a part of at a certain point mm. and you know, i think actually there's how many kids are actually missing out ever seeing anything like it or anything like that happening i i just i think shows are dead these days i i like I, I hate to say it but i think there's some spark missing everyone seems a little bit more anxious a little bit more you know afraid to get involved and i i think our shared passion for melodic hardcore generally and wanting to give people that again yeah <laughs> in, in some sense like and it's not to ride off the nostalgia hype we are we are really trying to give it its next chapter yeah. its newest and bring it in a whole new form but also forever nodding to why we do it and you know the bands we want to have the torch pass from essentially mm. you know we'd you know we'd, we'd love them to hear us and be like awesome that someone's doing that now yeah you know you go you know whatever it may be here and i think definitely that is our main drive and passion behind it Mm. is bringing back that melodic sound and bringing back something maybe you've never heard before something you absolutely once loved you know and trying to remember that it's a community game and we're all in this together so let's have some fun yeah right yeah. Uh, and you know we don't need to punch each other in the face at every show <laughs> yeah. we can just, we can just hug it out we can grab a mic together we can flip and we can you know have an awesome time and we can create a massive sea of fun flips and whatever you want to do but you know I, I i think we all just miss shows like that we miss that kind of aura around it and we want to bring back an alternative kind of room yeah yeah what what you go to now which is um maybe just a big d-shaped pit thing yeah, yeah. To, um, you know 
I, I get it. I love the slammy, beat downy stuff. Hey, ha, ha, have fun dates. It's awesome. I, I love to see people grow. I'd love to see hardcore develop in a really cool way, especially in the UK. Some people are doing fantastic off of it, but I think we're trying to offer something just a bit different. And um, I feel the reception is definitely going well at the minute. And we're just going to keep trying to do better for all those people who are giving us that good reception. Yeah. And like from that, because as I said, obviously for me and like my close, like knit group of friends, we're all in our early to mid thirties and stuff like that. So there is that nostalgia sound to it. So have you found that like the people that are gravitating towards your, your music is a mix of people like me and those new kids who like came out of the pandemic and just all of a sudden discovered hardcore and were just like hungry for anything. Have you found that there's been that mix between the people that are into How Can Wait? Yeah, definitely. There's been a really large mix of demographic age-wise all, all across the board, you know. it's um, I, I definitely say we're hitting more towards, um, you know, the the older lot let's say the the older hardcore yeah. kids you know um, which is awesome like it's great to see them in touch and but the, on the flip side it's great that we've also got people you know as young as 19 18 just kind of buzzing to see some stuff i, I who, who knows even younger uh, could be out there but you know it's um it's really cool to see someone going like there's there's no one out there like you yeah and we're just thinking oh god there is but you're about to discover a whole new world buddy <laughs> yeah. you know and like it's um you know that's great you know we we'd love to open the doors we 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 as a band hate gatekeeping in any sense you know and i'm sure you're the same you know like uh free free the world here everyone yeah like, yeah because um you know you, you might be able to say, you know, like this band sounds like this band too much, and you're like, no, but like it's just all part of the same thing. Enjoy it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, no, everyone's just it's a sound. You're gonna probably find that a lot of those bands sound the same, but you fly, you fly, mate, because you know. And I think that's one of the best feelings to be like getting you fan and go, no, I love that. And but we've even had at an older show. A guy said, "You know, I haven't seen anything like that since More Than Life." Yeah, you know that, that compliment like blew, blew like a couple of our heads off because it's like, you know, it, it's only it, it's another show, it's another passing comment, but sometimes to be like someone kind of recognizes what you're trying to do. Yeah, is quite a lot of great recognition, but at the same time, someone new inspired by it and wants to hear more. Yeah, equally as amazing. Yeah, and um, and the other thing that I just wanted to touch on before we kind of get to where things are now is obviously like I kind of asked you um, like what sort of other things kind of influence what how can weight is and and sort of how it kind of shapes what the music is and you've got you kind of said that it's also like personal experiences and and things like that and people going through struggles and you mentioned earlier like but still always like shining that that element of hope to it and things and i think like even before i'd asked you that question that comes through clear as day in the music so i don't know is that has that always been like the driving message of like 
yeah, we can all be sad, we can all be heartbroken, we can all have a shit time, but tomorrow's going to be better sort of attitude. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. It's um, It's been, let's say, I think an underlying message of so much of what's influenced us throughout the years as well. And kind of, I think the... I think it's also a very missed message in the world where we talk about the bad thing or we talk about the good thing. Mm. We don't talk a lot about the middle part, the journey, the road to it. You know, it's a lot about result, result, result. And um, as a whole, I think we've always said, we always go back to base and say those exact things. And it is the... Uh, you know, I like to say the beauty within despair, mm. you know, you know, looking for that rose that pops in the field, the, you know, that, that one shining light that you can look at and grasp hope to. And I think we all need something that says it's going to be okay. And that, you know, everyone's done it before. It's not kind of, you know, it, God, it's going to go cliche. You're not alone. But, you know, um, it, it, it's that same sort of, you know, encompassing feeling with all that sort of music. And I, I think we just love, I, I think we love the idea of it and we've all struggled in our own rights throughout life. Mm. You know, like, we've all talked with each other about deep things beyond belief, but it, but it shapes who we are. And I think it, in our music, it really definitely comes out that we've you know we've been in the boat that some people who listen to the music may feel and Mm. if anything we can kind of say hey mate things are shit right now we know but it's 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 okay but it's yeah it's not as obvious in some places and sometimes i think our themes talk more about you know the the rock bottom side of things, the better side of things, the kind of wave that we ride as mm. a whole. I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's ever kind of one story, one message. It's all about the roller coaster that is life and the emotions yeah. that are being thrown at you at all times, regardless mm. of who you are, your externals, your internals. It's all beating you up, but you got to keep going, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, just to go back to what we were saying with the kind of earlier on with the uh, Reality Unfolds um, show, that, like, that kind of having that, like, nice mix of of different sort of types of punk and hardcore and things like that. And with the the sort of, like, direct message that you're trying to give, I think it's quite interesting that, like, obviously you're talking about, like, the, the struggles of life and things like that, but then you might have another band that's talking about a very similar thing or maybe the exact same thing, but they're doing it in a more overt, aggressive way of a, like, I guess, like, uh, like, fuck the system, fuck life sort of thing. Whereas, like, what you guys are doing has a bit more, like, compassion and empathy to it. And have you found that, like, I don't know, like, when those two worlds collide like for example for example at reality unfolds that like you you're very appreciative of, of what 
each other are doing and there's a sh- almost like a shared synergy there sort of thing oh yeah i, I i'd say um yeah i i feel a lot of the music they were around especially that day that's definitely conveyed different emotions with the music that they played as a whole uh i, f- I think our music definitely intends to come from the heart as a whole and how i don't know how we hear things and want them to be heard by others whereas mm. i guess say a band who played something a lot more heavier and maybe more black metal or something like that you know they may be conveying these angry uptight emotions differently but i think as a whole the alternate scene can definitely resonate with each other in some respects and um i i think our personal as you said i think the, the word you said perfectly was there was quite the empathy and the empathetic mm. side of things you know um, we we try and pride ourselves on just being regular people and trying to kind of uh, i guess shift the whole hard man ego that yeah sometimes can have whereas realistically we're just a load of broken ass men just trying to get <laughs> on with our shit you know we're all going through things we're all apparently running out of time we're trying to do our real life shit on round our dream stuff and you know i think you know it's um i think it's just trying to hit home and hit down to earth but you know i think any genre within the metal community as a whole, every band we played, I think, always has a message that we can connect with in some respects. But it's great to see other bands who are even like us that are popping up at the minute, you know, bands mm. such as, um, you know, Without Love and Waves and Ephemera, these, these kind of nice people, and they, you know, they're trying to go for a more melodic hardcore vibe and to see them and just be like, we feel the same thing, you know, let's, let's yeah. be friends and hug this out because, you know, it, that, I think that's a real great thing that's happening currently also. Yeah. And kind of on that, like, as I said, like musically, what, what you guys are doing at the moment is like right on my street because it's stuff that like I've loved ever since I was introduced to hardcore. But I've I've always been someone that like, as I said earlier, like I, I'm, ju- I'm just infatuated by music. I will just gobble everything up, and especially when it comes to like UK hardcore. Like, okay, there's some bands that I'm just a bit like, I appreciate what you're doing, but it's not for me, sort of thing. But I think right now the UK hardcore scene is really, really healthy, but it does tend to lean more to that like heavier side and and things like that. And you've got, as you say, like you've crowds with the horseshoes and and whatever. So for for you guys, obviously, as you, you just mentioned, there are these pockets of bands that are popping up that are now playing that more like melodic, emotive side of things. But have you found that like at the moment, it is a little bit difficult for you to navigate to fit on bills or have people been like very embracing and just been like, no, you're sick. Like, let's jump on it sort of thing. Uh, that that's a really good question. Actually, you could probably get me started on this one a little bit. Um, but it, it's um, 
I don't know. I think before I mentioned a bit, I, I guess we're kind of sick of it in a healthy way. That um, you know, it's not kind of the shows we personally want to be going down to. And, yeah, of course. And like, um, and as I said, there's no disrespect. Some absolutely awesome bands out there, fantastic people, really popping off and doing some great great stuff and it makes me so happy you know we played with a mixed number of bands out there that play more slam beat downy kind of hardcore you know and it's great and i, I you know I, I truly think i honor it to the whole malevolence surgeons of stuff you know there's a lot of bands who are definitely seeing how well a band like Malevolence are doing and have come from yeah. the hardcore scene and are now supporting the likes of Trivium, you know? And it, I think they've gone like, right, we can do that, you know? And they're like, you know, one, two, three, fucking beat your made up. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's cool. It's cool. Um, it's aggressive. It's hard. Um, I definitely got into it a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it might be getting a bit saturated now um yeah and that that's kind of where i guess we see maybe our pocket and gateway and um you know and i don't think we're trying to be overly tactical uh, about it as such but um it is more that combined passion of wanting to have different kinds of shows and things you know like all these bands just died man like they, nothing really existed nothing was happening and someone needed to do something and we've just decided mm. let's do it i think was the key and i you know I, as i said man i, I just can't deal with <laughs> those shows anymore i, I just can't That's fair. Like, I, i'll go watch it man but i just it doesn't bring me joy um, yeah i feel like you know I'm, i've got to go into a stare down i feel like i've just walked into fight club you know, and like, <laughs> you know, sometimes like I do just like a beer and watching some music. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I do I have to put on like my my battle pads and like you know and my bulletproof vest and like yeah yeah. Like, do I not have enough face tattoos for this show? Like I, I don't know. You know, it's um it it doesn't feel as inclusive anymore um, to me. Just um, hardcore as a whole feels very um, detached from itself. <laughs> I, mm. I, I don't know how to put it. I don't know how you feel uh, yourself, but I just, um, I don't know. Everyone seems to be a bit, you know, no touchy, no feely to each other. Yeah, yeah. Friends and the community doesn't seem like, I want to support you. I want to see you do well. It seems more like, you know, everyone's trying to battle each other to race to the top when, you know, could be definitely helping each other out more and talking more and yeah generally it is I think really hard to fit in with those bills um with that and we're definitely feeling much more of a level of respect but at the same time it feels really difficult to gain respect in the first place not being heavy and tough and yeah hard and a lot of the people who I, I guess don't really understand are I don't want to say young, but it does fall sometimes into a younger category that mm. they maybe they didn't realize that it did, was quite popular at one point, and you know it, you know 
people did like this stuff. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> yeah. you, should, you should try it. You know, I feel like people are just a bit shy because it's, you know, when they go, oh, it's melodic, it's not very, you know, heavy. They think it's a bit poncy and a bit odd and, you know, you know, and you, you show them like Casey or something and half the yeah. case sounds like, and then half of it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, um, it's fantastic. And you might like one half and you might not like the other half, but you need to get through the first half. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think all in good time and with good persistence and kind of fight from a lot of the bands that are pulling up, you know, we want to make hardcore shine again, especially melodic hardcore. And we think everyone will love it. And all those that have loved it can vouch that it was a pretty awesome time. So, yeah, uh, you know, let's do it again and let's make it bigger than ever as a unit, as a community. You know, it's not just us fans doing it here. You know, it's everyone who loves melodic hardcore, everyone who's always, you know, had that guilt to go to fun shows where you don't have to, as I said, knock your friend's teeth out, you know. Then yeah. Rock, you might get your teeth but it's probably just going to be from someone's foot just falling onto your head by accident. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. okay. You know, it's not not intentional. Pick up the chain and throw it. But it, 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 you know, long-winded answer. But I, I I feel you know we're definitely. Hard, it's hard to get into it, but we're worming our way into trying to make a statement once more, and we're really yeah trying this year to make much leaps and bounds as you know physically possible yeah so i guess kind of like on that as i say sort of like worming your way into sort of like that that kind of like pocket that you want to create obviously you had the two singles come out uh tail end of last year as well which is kind of like i guess the next steps on from from the ep but i guess what's kind of next because you've done those those sing singles now is that going to be part of a bigger project or are they standalones just to sort of give a flavor of what's coming next what what's the kind of idea uh so yeah in simple terms those are standalones for sure currently and yeah they are just kind of flavors dipping into our next segment i think the uh i think agreed between us the ep just seems a bit monotonous at times and um you know it we, it's had a great reception you know i even i i still love it even though it doesn't really oh, i say it doesn't really sound like what we do now but it, it, it's just progression natural yeah. progression for sure um it's i think with the mother mercy and regression we really wanted to step the mark up and be more melodic as a whole and really do some more paced tracks that are a bit choppier, a bit changer and kind of find what we wanted out of it. Um, so I think one of our other members, Luke, once said it feels a bit more of an imitation album, um, imitation EP, like Mm. search for the sound as such by looking for other different bands at the time that you loved and you know trying to conjure up something new without maybe 
you know, finding our dedicated sound. And I, I, these two singles definitely are leading on to what we feel is by far much better work than what we've previously done. And we're really excited. Um, I don't want to give too much away in the name of getting clipped ears by different characters because this is always a funky one. I literally, I was, I was shitting it straight before this. I went straight on my phone. Like, Hold up, does anyone want me to not mention anything? Because, <laughs> you know, so you're going to say something and someone's going to be like, hmm, do we want to say that? Or was, is this exclusive? I don't really know. You know? <laughs> I just said it's a casual chat. We'll get somewhere, but we can definitely drop drop hints. But like um, our, our next intentions, we've been in the studio recently um, in cool. Lower Lane in Stoke. And we've recorded numerous tracks um, that are on their way around the corner. And we are trying to do something different, I, I guess, with them. Uh, just uh, we feel shitting out EPs and LPs are just not the way at the moment. Right, okay. There's something, I, uh, I don't know, that. It doesn't seem consistent in content enough for the kind of modern age of, let's yeah. say, visual content. Um, so I think we're going to try and go down more of a visual route with okay, everything cool. we, we're doing next, essentially. Um, and not just give an EP for the sake of an EP or an LP for the sake of an LP and just try and up the next stage we want to really make more out of each song and make it, you know, something you can watch, something you can hear, you know, something mm. you can truly feel, um, you know, we're trying to encompass big, big feel vibes. Hey, you know, the, you know, you, you remember all the old school videos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, that, that KC one, I think with, um, was it walking through the house and they're all doing it and they're in the different rooms? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the top of my head, but it, it, I don't know, you know, classic hold the mic stand, feel for your lungs, kind of screen yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think we're just trying to go with a bit more something that you can really capture some mm. new minds, some old minds and step up the mark because releasing music just isn't gonna cut it yeah no that's that's so, fair enough so we, we we feel we've been a bit i wouldn't say we've been slow we've definitely been working our absolute asses off but yeah to ensure we're doing getting the most professional products we can every time but um you know it's i wish we could release stuff quicker but <laughs> yeah. i think we we really want it to be right and this this now after hearing what we've got already and all the ideas around surrounding what's next and the schedule for this year generally um we really hope to make our mark this year mm. and make melodic hardcore the biggest 
thing in the alternative scene, especially yeah in hardcore itself. Once again, yeah. just not. I don't want to use the word dominate, but I want to. Let's say I want to enrich with force. Yeah. Make sure that you know everyone can know that this is back and is here to stay. Hmm. And you've kind of like touched upon that, like obviously that that's kind of the, I guess the big bigger plan. But you've said like you've kind of got things in motion for this year, and you and you're putting a lot more of a focus on things this year. And obviously, I mentioned at the top of the show, obviously you're doing the tour with Without Love. Um, but have you got like pretty much twenty twenty three planned out, or are there still some anomalies that you're still working things out uh there's definitely anomalies to to come that's for sure we um we're pretty set on our objectives for the year and our goals and what you know what we're doing each month um you know and but I don't know, I was gonna more go on a tangent there to say that <laughs> I, I encourage bands highly just to plan and set yourself goals. yeah yeah because timed goals are just the one <laughs> for sure for sure but you know we've um we definitely feel confident in what we've got going on this year and everything is quite quite particularly planned in how we want to progress and you know who we want to notice certain things we do and you know um who we want to work with and as such and then we've got things booked in we've got Plenty of things booked in yet to announce yeah. as well, um, but the books are always open. We're always looking to do things here, there, and everywhere. But um, tactically, these days, tactically, and um, you know, not not to shy away from offers, but if I feel if you do everything, you oversaturate yourself. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be smart at <laughs> the same yeah. time as. Um, stay humble and take what you can. But um, I, I, I think it, the stage we're at and what we've done so far, we'd like to strive to progress to another level this year. And yeah. it's only healthy, you know, um, some might even see it as arrogant, but um, I hope they don't and they see it as healthily wanting to grow. Um, mm and be in the right pockets of the right people so that hopefully we can make this something bigger and better for the sake of everyone, you know? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Well, Jordan, before I do let you go, how I like to round things off is to ask my guest what their favourite song is, but with a, with a twist. So what's your favourite How Can Wait song that you like to play live and why? Oh, favourite How Can Wait song and why and why? Um, Probably would have to be oh, Withered Hearts. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's just, it's got a good dynamic range to it as a whole. And I feel there's some really wonderful beats to play in it. Funnily enough, I didn't write that one. So, you know but to learn someone else's parts and embellish them slightly and then you know pass the torch from them and you know i've had fun with making it my own over time yeah yeah those that i feel now i can 
take that as a bit more of a foundation for something that we're now writing and you know but I, I just think it's a it's a pretty song just generally yeah. and I think it's one of those where you feel a bit sad and you feel a bit angry and then you kind of want to cry a bit but you just you know you want to hug your friends and but yeah you, you don't want to talk to your friends at all either you know it's <laughs> yeah. uh, you know it's, it's a good mix of emotion but generally from a drumming perspective I really enjoy playing it um uh yeah and second of all I like playing the ones that I wrote too but rock on you will need to <laughs> I, I can't I, I'd love to mention their names and stuff but um we'll keep keep that under wraps for now and I'm sure no worries. we'll catch up more about them in the future <laughs> perfect well Jordan thank you very much for your time really really appreciate it I'm super stoked to see what you guys are doing in the future um and super excited to see you guys here in, in Bristol later in the year as well so really looking forward to that Fantastic, Tim. Well, thank you so much. One thing I can definitely say is the the new stuff is a lot more old school. We're going more honest, melodic, hardcore, really trying to work those ground roots up with uh, a lot more twists of those high melodics just getting nice. I've been super load of fun, you know, so I hope we can bring you amazing stuff. But thanks so much to yourself. No worries. The Justin Insight podcast. It's awesome stuff man and continue to do amazing stuff and yeah i'll see you in bristol yeah man thank you very much take care take care brother thank you cheers bye so there we have it folks again a huge thank you to jordan for taking some time out of his evening to have a little chat with me as mentioned how can we are going to be going on tour without love with without love that was difficult to say uh towards the end of march uh so if they're hitting up one of your cities or towns make sure you go check them out i will definitely be attending the bristol show um and as always if you can keep up to date with what hell can wait are doing on all their various social media platforms which will be linked in the description um but yeah I'm going to have a little break for next week just because timings didn't learn up, learn up, line up as much. Um, and also, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty exhausted for a little bit and I need to have a little break. So we'll probably be back in a fortnight's time. But as always, whether this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Inside podcast or 232nd time, really, really appreciate your time and attention. And thank you for stopping by and we will see you soon.